This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of The Conspiracy Show with Richard Serrett. Heard every Sunday night from 11 p.m. to 1 a.m. on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of The Conspiracy Show with Richard Serrett. Heard every Sunday night from 11 p.m. to 1 a.m. on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. You are an old man who thinks in terms of nations and peoples. There are no nations. There are no peoples. There is only one holistic system of systems. One vast and imane, interwoven, interacting, multivariate, multinational dominion of dollars. And you have meddled with the primal forces of nature. And you will atone. Everybody knows that the dice are loaded. Everybody rolls with their fingers crossed. Everybody knows the war is over. Everybody knows the good guys lost. Everybody knows the fight was fixed. The poor stay poor. The rich get rich, that's how it goes. Everybody knows. Live from Toronto, Canada, The Conspiracy Show with Richard Serrett from Zoomer Radio, AM 740. And welcome to the program for Sunday, October the 17th, 2010. Nils Hamron. A dear friend of the program. It's been a while since he's been with us, and he'll join us at midnight. In fact, I received several emails in the last uh, week or two saying, whatever happened to Nils Hamron, the author of Seal of the End Times? And uh, Nils has been studying biblical prophecy for probably close to 60 years. And he'll join us after midnight to talk about an an interesting um, development. Nils has been uh, offering... A, uh, a product called TriMed. It's it's a uh, essentially a mineral water that he believes has miraculous uh, properties. And Nils claimed that it was actually discovered at Area 51. Uh, but as I say, some interesting developments. Nils Hamron, studying the Bible for 60 years. Another gentleman who's uh, actually celebrating his 60th year in broadcasting, a legend, joins me in studio. Yes, you, George Janescu. It is you. Uh, he, George is, of course, the uh, the host of Big Band Sunday Night, the uh, the program uh, that uh, precedes mine. And George, you've been hobbling around uh, these here parts for a couple of weeks. And tell us what, what what's going on with the leg. Well, I I was in a walk for to research money for cancer, and also the the uh, Terry Fox walk, and. And I injured my knee, and it got so terribly bad, I needed a walking stick, a cane, if you will. And I got, I got the first uh, diagnosis of my own physician, whom I trust and like very much, and he said, severe arthritis. Could I have some x-rays instead? Well, certainly. Came back. Well, there's something in there, but mostly it's severe arthritis. And he said, and it's a sign of age. Well, I told him the old joke. The other one's just as old and it doesn't hurt. Right. 
And so I went, and, and he recommended that I got a second opinion, and the fellow is a, uh, uh, an athletic-type doctor, and he said it, it, it appears. He didn't, he wasn't, but he appears you've injured your ACL. And uh, I had to ask what an ACL was, and he explained it in very simple terms. And I was, quite frankly, in more pain than I'd ever known. And I was not able to move about without the help of my cane, and I hated to get up because the pain was so great when I straightened up from whether I was sitting or lying down. So then... Well, you take it from there because I wasn't aware of anything going on. Okay, well, this was September 26th. I saw you for the first time, and it had happened not, well, that week. week. So uh, I I asked you, I said, George, what's going on? You don't look too well, and you told me this this story. And uh, that night, we happened to have on the program Douglas James Cottrell, who is... Whose book I loved. Yes, The Secrets of Life. And you joked when uh, when when you got the book, you said, tell him... The guy that wrote it must have been asleep uh, because, in fact, (laughs) Douglas wrote the book literally while he was in a deep trance. Yeah. So we had him on that show, and among other things, uh, Douglas is a remote viewer, but he's also a a healer and a a medical intuitive. So while I had him on the air and you were on your way home up to Simcoe County, I said, Douglas... Would you do me a favor? Our good friend George Janescu has been hobbling around, and he's in some considerable pain. Is it possible for you... Well, why don't we just play the clip? This is Douglas James Cottrell. Now, this I haven't heard. No, you've not heard this. I I mentioned George Janescu earlier, who um, loved your book. And uh, George was uh, hobbling out of here tonight uh, after his uh, show. He uh, went and tore uh, his ALAC. What what do you call that uh, in the knee there, Dan? The ALAC? ALC, yes, the ALC. I think he was doing the uh, the walk for uh, breast cancer, and he's hobbling around. And uh, I said that I'd uh, I'd get you to put out some positive energy, maybe on his right knee. Would you be able to do that, maybe during the next break? Okay. Well, we did a, we do miracle transformation events, as we did one in in uh, Hamilton at the uh, rescue hall, which is the last one there before we start in in our new center. And so um, the idea of absent healing or spiritual healing being sent to somebody. Um, in the East, it would be called a chi, chi energy or uh, uh, life force, uh, qigong energy. Those are some of the newest uh, names for uh, spiritual healing. Uh, simply in the Bible, it's laying on of hands. And what I'm doing right now is I'm thinking of him, and my attention is going to his uh, low back or the sacrum area and uh, the top of his pelvis. And uh, we're um, trying to speed up the blood circulation in, in his uh, lower body. And I hope that I can feel some energy coming out of my hand. And if there are friends of his uh, listening or there are friends of mine who are listening, uh, I usually ask people to think of uh, a person and uh, create an image like a green energy or a different colored energy. But in this case, I think George would uh, need a little bit of green energy uh, sent to his uh, body. And this will activate in the the uh, uh, symbolic way uh, the nerve blood um, healing forces in the body and also tap into the universal energy that surrounds us all the time and see if we can help George, uh, uh, since he made such a nice comment, <laughs> uh, get some payback here and uh, get some relief from this. Uh, you know, the, what comes to mind is the famous castor oil uh, massage uh, and peanut oil to help get rid of the inflammation that's there. All right, George, if you're listening, uh, 
good luck he with that. He feel and, some warmth on his body even now, and uh, we'll, we'll, through the course of the show, I'll, I'll continue to send him some as I, as I can. Greatly appreciate it. Wow. Now, George... Uh, my mouth is dry. Yeah. I saw you, your jaw dropped when he said, we're going we're gonna to send that energy to the lower back and explain what happened to you on the drive home. I didn't hear the first part because I was on the telephone. And I was on the telephone for about 10 minutes, and I get in the car, and I'm driving north on 404, and I got to Green Lane, which is the end of 404, and I felt I hadn't made my left turn onto Green Lane yet, and I felt tremendous heat in my lower back, and I was very startled, and I thought, I hope I'm not having a heart attack. And so I pulled off to the side of the road, uh, and you know, was trying to cope with, with this sudden rush of heat, like something I'd never felt before. And then now I hear this. Yeah, that Dr. Cottrell had sent out some healing vibes, I guess. And he specifically mentioned the lower back. That's what blew me away just now, because that's what I felt. And and you told me uh, I I mentioned uh, that we that he had sent sent that healing energy out to you uh, tonight when I saw you. Because I, wa- I wasn't here last week. And you mentioned the lower back. And I, hadn't, I didn't remember what Douglas said on the oh. air. So when he said it just now, I had the same shock that you did. Because oh. he mentioned the, the lower back. I'm, I'm blown away. <laughs> I don't mind telling you. I'm startled. And, and, and when you got home, how did the leg feel? Now, I see, I can't remember that. I, I, was, I think I was more concerned with what was happening. I mean, was I having a heart attack? But I'm walking. I'm, I'm seeing you walk around today. Much lighter. I'm Tinkerbell now. <laughs> you are. <laughs> uh, just don't tell people about my wings, please. All right, George. That's a remarkable story. It is, a, and I'm sorry. I'm still a little bit shocked listening what he said to you on that program, which I did not hear the first part of. He definitely sent that healing energy to your lower, lower back. back and that's where i felt this true i mean it was a tremendous heat it it felt like i was having some health problem how how soon after that uh drive home did you start to feel relief in the in the leg now i can't remember i'm sorry richard i wish i could but it couldn't have been too much longer because you know i'm walking almost normal yes the thing that really bothered me i was walking like a man my age <laughs> which 49. Really, yeah, 49, which really annoyed me. This, thank you, Dr. Cottrell, if you're listening. Thank you. I, knocked me out. Me too. Me too. I mean, I've known Douglas a long time, but I tell you, th- this is a testimonial yes. uh, that uh, I'm sure he'll want to post on his website. This is, uh, this is truly remarkable. Thank you for, for sharing that. Richard, thank you for asking me. All right. Now you dance on out of here, my friend. I shall. George Genescu, Big Band Sunday Night. All right, when we come back, I don't know how this one's going to go. We're going to delve into my subconscious mind. Reverse speech analyst Wayne Nicholson back on the program. We had a conversation earlier in the week, which he recorded. He's going to play clips of my speech in reverse, and all will be revealed. Do I really mean what I say? A brief window into Richard Serrett's subconscious mind when The Conspiracy Show continues. Stay with us. The world is being pulled over your eyes. This is The Conspiracy Show with Richard Serrett from Zoomer Radio, AM 740. To reach Richard, call 416-360-0740 or toll free at 1-866-740. 
888-344-1740. Nils Hammerin, author of Seal of the End Times, will be with us at midnight. Right now, we're uh, going to dial back a couple of months, and I had um, Wayne Nicholson on the program towards the end of the summer, reverse speech analyst. He's a, um, a hypnotherapist as, as well. And uh, we were talking about this covert level of communication that apparently is automatically generated by the brain when we speak. And it can be heard when, when human speech is recorded and then played backwards. And it operates apparently in, uni- in unison with forward speech. And it's also it's complementary. So in other words, the content and the context of the reversal relates to the forward speech. So after the show, Wayne emailed me and said, would you like to try this? Let's do an experiment on the air. We'll have a conversation, he said. I'll record the conversation, and then I'll look for some of these reversals. We'll play them over the air, and then we can discuss. And I thought, well, that would be interesting, both for me personally, and I think it would be an, an excellent way to further demonstrate the, um, the remarkable phenomena that is reverse speech. On the other hand, I'm thinking, my, do I really want this revealed on the air? But I thought, what the heck? Let's, I, I didn't even listen to the reversals, and Wayne sent them to me. Uh, let's just lay it out there. And some of these could be potentially embarrassing because sometimes there is sort of a conflict uh, between what is said in forward speech and what the reversal reveals, if you will. I could be made out to be disingenuous in some instances. Or my subconscious mind could, some, could let some intimate detail slip. But we're going to lay it out on the line for you. You're going to hear these reversals. And uh, having said that, we welcome certified reverse speech practitioner and hypnotherapist Wayne Nicholson back to the program. Hello, Wayne. How are you? Hello, Richard. It's nice to be back. Well, thank you for hanging in. Uh, uh, we had uh, George Chinescu on here just briefly because uh, we had a, a remarkable incident that happened a couple of weeks ago, and we wanted to, uh, we sort of just discovered that tonight. We wanted to share that with the listeners. So thank you for hanging in. Absolutely. Are you ready to plumb the depths of your subconscious? Uh, with some trepidation, yes. <laughs> this is... Uh, when did you and I speak on the phone? Was it, uh, it was earlier this week. Was it Monday or Tuesday of this yeah. week? Um, yes. Tuesday, I believe. Okay. And we had probably, what, about a half-hour conversation? About a half-hour conversation. Yeah. And it was interesting because uh, now suddenly the table was turned and you were interviewing me. That's right. And you know, Richard, I wanted to ask you, would you make that conversation available to your listeners online? Yes, I would. You mean the full forward uh, uh, speech? Yeah. The full forward, um, yes, absolutely. Because that in itself is very interesting, and I really, I think it it shows you to be a very nice man. Oh, well, that's fair. You don't have anything to worry about. <laughs> all right. So how, how do you suggest we, we begin? Because we have all of the forward clips that you've selected. Mm-hmm. And uh, we have the, then we can we'll play a, a snippet of the forward uh, the forward speech, and then we'll play the reversal, and then I guess you and I just sort of try and figure out what it all means. Is that the mm-hmm. best way to proceed? I, I can I can set them up briefly if you want. Now, um, let me look here. I believe we have twenty nine speech reversals. Um, with the time allotted, I don't know if we'll be able to cover them all. Well, so as we're going along, if you feel that you want to. Get down 
is something that catches your attention, I, I don't see any reason not to. Okay, now should I set these up in any way in order to, do I need to provide context, or should we just fire off the clips? I'll, oh, no. Let me set up, let's, let's start right at the top. Okay. Um, you were speaking to me about the talking and the planning stages for uh, a television special that you're involved in. Correct, a TV show, a TV project. A very, yeah, very exciting project. And as you were talking about that, this, you said that prior to that we were probably, you know, talking in the planning stage for six or seven months. You speak reversal is a very straightforward one. It says, cost the money, which I imagine it does. <laughs> <laughs> Shall we play it? Sure. Okay, Dan? Prior to that, uh, we were probably in the, you know, the talking and planning stage for six or seven months. So, mm-hmm. cost of money, cost of money, cost of money. Cost the money, yes. Uh, the we, we shot a pilot September 2009, and uh, six or seven months prior to that, we were just sort of uh, as I say, in the talking and planning stage, just to give people a sense of how long a television show takes to get off the ground, endless meetings, but cost the money. Well, it always comes down to the budget and how you know do you how do you raise the money to get these programs uh, produced? So mm-hmm. yeah, that is pretty straightforward. I mean, that's always yeah. a concern. Any producer knows that. And you know, and as always with reverse speech, there's always another level, and. Um Metaphorically, in reverse speech, money very often refers to emotional expenditures. Oh, so that's I'm sure that applies. As well. You have no, uh, perhaps you do, Wayne, but uh, I tell you, getting a TV show off the ground again—it's just a roller coaster of emotion. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's going to happen. It's not going to happen. We have some interest. That interest has disappeared, but there's someone else on the horizon. It's just—it's just unimaginable. The, uh, the the roller coaster of emotion. Okay, so that's a straightforward, very um, congruent reversal. A congruent uh, reversal. The next okay. one comes from the the very same forward speech. Uh, when you use the words planning stage, you get a fairly long reversal, and it's uh, it's very metaphorical right off the bat. It says her steed singing out. So let's hear that. Prior to that, uh, we were probably in the, you know, the talking and planning stage for six or seven months, so. Mm-hmm. These are pretty clear reversals, Wayne. I mean, even in the first one, without slowing it down, her steed mm-hmm. singing out. Well, I think of a steed, I think of a horse. Exactly. So her horse, steed. Uh, her, yeah, oh, I'm... Uh, you might be able to clarify who her, who the her is you're referring to. Um, but steed, metaphorically in reverse speech, refers to our spiritual power. And singing out, of course, is a positive expression. So you have, in reference to this project, you have a positive expression of spiritual power, which would bode very well for the project. Now, uh, is there... Um, Hmm. A woman involved in the planning stage for that, who had some, um, perhaps, a creative input. Ah, uh, 
you know, my my wife sort of behind the scenes is always, I mean, being a, a previously a, a television producer herself, okay. is always... That's perfect. And she's That's been my perfect. rock. Because I mean, you are her speed. Well, of course I'm her speed. So her speed <laughs> is, uh, no, absolutely. So um, this is a very good reversal. Interesting, because uh, The Mighty Aphrodite was actually close by when you and I were having this conversation, because I was at home. And, uh, yeah, she's been my rock throughout this. Uh, yeah. So, not surprisingly. It's interesting. Right. Excellent. Okay. Excellent. On to the next one. Uh, you went on to say, uh, the, that was kind of preface to our actual conversation. Then you went on to, um, to say, so you asked me to pick a topic. Your speech reversal says, there are answers. Okay. So if you can play that. Interesting. All right. So you had asked me to pick... Uh, a topic. There are answers. Yes, uh, you asked me to think about something that we could delve into during this conversation, mm-hmm. and uh, so I had picked a topic that had to do with UFOs, and uh, so there are answers. So subconsciously, what I'm thinking is what that this. UFO phenomena is ultimately we will know the answer to it. Uh, it will the mystery well, of the UFO thing will be revealed. I think, I think it was more uh, local to our conversation. I think it's um, an expression of confidence that our session can provide answers. Oh, interesting. The answers exist. Our session could provide answers. You mean through the reversals? Yes. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah. Which means I have great confidence in the in the whole reverse speech methodology, I guess. Well, I guess I really can't answer that. <laughs> but this is uh, an expression that you you are confident that the answers are available. All right, we'll uh, pick it up on the other side. Wayne Nicholson, practitioner in the field of speech reversals, and the. Reversals that uh, he's analyzing tonight are mine. We'll uh, come back and uh, delve further into my subconscious mind. Some of these, I got to tell you, are just bizarre. You'll find out for yourself. When The Conspiracy Show continues right after this, my name is Richard Serrett. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of The Conspiracy Show with Richard Serrett. Heard every Sunday night from 11 p.m. to 1 a.m. on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. We have a very special Halloween edition of The Conspiracy Show in store for you on Sunday, October the 31st. Stay tuned for more details. But uh, what can I tell you? It's, uh, I guess, Grove Mills, New Jersey revisited, perhaps? That's all I'm saying. All right, uh, Wayne Nicholson is here, and uh, this little exercise, well, this is something that you could do for yourself, actually, if you want your reverse speech analyzed, and Wayne Nicholson is truly one of the, uh, the leading practitioners in this field. If you want to discover your own hidden language, the secret messages that are embedded in your own words, then you can contact him through www.thehiddenlanguage.com. And uh, let's just move right on through to uh, the next uh, reversal. Uh, Wayne, did you want to set this up? 
Um, Richard, I wanted to ask you, do you want to choose reversals to go through to be sure that... I'm, do, I'm sorry, do I'm I, sure I want... We'll get, do you want to... Uh, yeah, well, let's jump ahead a little result? bit. Yes, why don't, yeah, we, because, why don't we get right into right, the, okay. the, the discussion uh, number five, and you ask me about UFO sightings. Okay, yeah. Um, it, it, that was uh, one of the topics you chose. And you said about 5% of the sightings are truly identifiable, and the other 95% can be readily explained. You speak reversal, they know. Hmm. Let's see about 5% of sightings are truly unidentifiable, and the other 95% can be readily explained. They know. They know. They know. They know, yes. They. Who are they? Yeah. Any thoughts on uh, what that might mean? Well, it might be that the 5% know because they've had personal experience. They know, yes. It's an affirmation. They know the truth. Those 5%, they know what they saw. They know exactly what they saw. Okay, let's uh, move on to number six. We were uh, we were discussing, I guess, the possibility. We were trying to. I was trying to explain what, in my understanding of of uh, the UFO phenomena and 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 how it might be explained. And and I have a theory that, uh, you know, we could be dealing with not an uh, an intergalactic entity here, but interdimensional, and we could be dealing with sort of the dark the dark forces when we're talking about uh, about, about aliens. So why don't we play clip number six, Dan? And if you, you know, if you believe in gods and God and angels, mm-hmm. then you have to sort of believe. I mean, to my way of thinking, you have to believe in the other side. You have to believe in the dark forces. You have to believe in demons. Mm-hmm. The house. The house. The house. Betrayed us is what you have here. Yeah. Betrayed us. Did you make that out? Yes, I could hear that. Well, you that, say that when you uh, the, the phrase where that comes out is when you say you have to believe in the, the other side, the dark side. That's when the speech reversal betrayed us comes. The speech re, the speech reversal betrayed us. In other words, the demons were betrayed. Yes. Is that what you mean? No, the demons are betraying us. us. Yeah. Ah. Well, that's, it is interesting because a, a lot of people that be, are like-minded in this and that believe that aliens are, in fact, demons call the whole UFO phenomenon the Great Deception. So, deception, betrayal, it makes sense. It makes a lot of sense. Uh, I want to jump ahead uh, here to uh, number eight. And, uh, I mean, this is one that I'm... I'm very tempted to, to skip over because it's potentially kind of embarrassing. But you know what? If we don't do this one, then, you know, what's the point, really? Um, the the forward speech here is, then I think you were leading me, was the possibility that, that, that they could be both. I, I uh, Can you help me out with the context there? Because I don't remember that. Yeah, we were discussing um, the possibility that... Um Yes, you could have an alien presence that's evil. However, you could also have, along with that, another group who were positive. Ah, okay. In other words, it doesn't have to be just one thing. It could be a conglomerate of both, just as we have 
negative and positive people, why wouldn't there be negative and positive? Now I remember, yes. So in other yeah. words, the UFOs could be both angelic in some instances, when people have mm-hmm. positive contacts, and they could be demonic. Uh, so it's sort of like the spiritual warfare that's being played out. UFOs could right. be both angels and demons. So I say the, the possibility that they could be both. All right, so let's, let's play that in the reversal. Then, uh, I think where, where you were leading uh, me uh, was the possibility that they could be, they could be both. Screw your work is what I said in the reversal. That's my subconscious mind. Oh my lord! What? That's kind well, of embarrassing. Appears, what? What am? Is that? Am I well, attacking it, it you? It shouldn't be. It appears to be. Um, it does appear to be incongruent. We're not clear whether or not you're talking about my work or your work, because in reverse speech we often refer to ourselves in third person as well. Screw my this work. Is a very, this is a very good example. This is really the whole purpose behind reverse speech. Because when we're working towards a goal, we're pursuing a train of thought. Very often, our subconscious mind is at odds with our conscious desires. So maybe... So in a different context, I, when I work with clients, I use reverse speech to help get the get your subconscious mind on the same track that your conscious desires on. So they're working together. So this is just an example of something that's really very common. So let's for, assume for a minute that I'm saying screw your work, Wayne. Wh- mm-hmm. What I'm thinking of is, because now that I recall that question, you, you're actually making me think a little bit, and maybe that's why subconsciously I was saying, you know, darn, this is, you're really probing. You're making me confront, um, confront my, my, my prejudices about the topic of UFOs or, or whatever. And maybe because I'm normally the interviewer and I'm, and I'm being placed in this other position, now I'm being asked the questions. Maybe I was uncomfortable with that. So subconsciously I'm saying, darn you, Wayne Nicholson. Is that possible? Yeah, that's very possible. That's a a very good explanation. And keep in mind, the, um, the subconscious mind is, uh, in many ways, that the emotional mind as well. So it does tend to be traumatic. <laughs> Let's go right into clip number nine, Dan. It was the possibility that could be, they could be both. We could have interdimensional and it could be intergalactic. You've been foolish. That's a pretty clear reversal. You've been foolish. That's my subconscious mind telling me perhaps I've been foolish? I, I, I did, myself, I interpreted that one to be, you're speaking to yourself here. Okay. So I'm foolish. No, um, I'm foolish about perhaps uh, considering that they could be both. My subconscious mind is trying to tell me, no, it's a very clear-cut answer here, and you're it's staring you in the face and you're ignoring it. Uh, or, hmm... I don't know. Well, it doesn't say you're being foolish. It says you've been foolish. I've been foolish. That's true. So it could possibly refer to um, a previous mindset before you considered this. Interesting. So my 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 subconscious mind is trying to tell me that I know the truth, and I maybe at one point 
I was totally out to lunch, and now I know the answer. Interesting. Yeah, something along those lines. All right. Um, let's go right into number 10. Dan, fire away. To the point where I can't, you know, I can't go back and, and talk about, you know, sports or, or what I call the workaday reality. They got our will. They got our will. They got our will. They got our will. Let me set the, the context for that, if I recall. Uh, basically, I was saying how since I've gotten into this whole field of talking about conspiracies, the paranormal, alternative medicine, alternative this or that, I can't ever see myself going back into talking about the things on the radio that I used to, which was, you know, city hall or provincial elections and all of these things. And then in reverse... Go ahead. I think that um, for both your conscious and subconscious mind, the workaday reality that you were, you, you were talking about is a distraction. Yes. And is that workaday reality, is, is that where the actual reversal they got our will comes from? Um, actually, it says uh, where you say uh, the point where I can't go back. That's where it says they got our will. They got our will. So is my subconscious mind telling me that that workaday reality is, in fact, uh, being controlled, programmed? Because part of me has always believed that. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. That's what I believe. I mean, that's what I believe with the meaning of the speech reversal. Wow. Well, that leads us nicely into, into, I think, clip 11. Let's just play that and let's run with it. Go ahead, Dan. Who's really running the show? Uh, you know, are there are there a select group of people who really run the world and foment war? Um, will not really rule. Will not really rule. Will not really rule. That one's not as clear, but you, you're Wayne. You've you've analyzed it, and you say, or you believe, I'm saying, one I really rule. That's the reversal. Right, and so it's. Um, one reality, you really rule. You rule your own reality. I'm the ruler of my own reality. Yeah. So that's, that's again, um, a very positive, self-confident statement. There was, yeah, the... So con- you're good. <laughs> okay, good. I mean, the context <laughs> there was, uh, you. I guess you were asking me why I got into this, and I said that I'm, I, I, I'm interested in asking the big questions, uh, you know, and, and who's really running the show, obviously, is one of them. Yeah. Are there a select and group that's of people? Where, that's where that speech reversal comes. Who's really running? And I rule right. my own reality. One I really rule, yeah. All right. Um, let me see here. Just quickly, we'll, we'll jump ahead here a little bit, but is there one that jumps out to, to you, uh, Wayne, that you'd really like to get to before we break here? Um... Uh, number 14 is kind of interesting. Okay, uh, when it comes right down to it, this is me speaking in forward. Uh, forward. Uh, when it comes right down to it, I was one of maybe two dozen people that were let go that day, and I was the overnight guy, and that's the first place that they cut. Okay, so the context here is we were discussing my dismissal from another radio station. Richard, you want to, you know what? What's we that? We should probably do 13 first because it's a cluster. Okay. 
13. When it comes right down to it, I was... Oh, that's the one I just... Uh, that's Yeah, I just read that one. I'm yeah, sorry. they're both... Um, they both come from the same forward. Okay, so let's play 13 then, Dan. When it comes right down to it, probably it was just... Uh, I, I was I was one of maybe two dozen people that go that day. Mm. Uh, so I think he just... You know, and I'm just the overnight guy, and that's usually the first place they cut. There's my... You know, there's my ghetto. Right. And when you say this is a sentence completing reversal, the forward is when it comes right down to it, reversal is there's my ghetto. Ah. So finishing the thought. And of course, the ghetto refers to. Well, the, just to back up, we were talking about um, the situation where you were let go, and a number of people were let go from the job. Some of your um, listeners felt there might have been a conspiracy there because uh, the, the people in the company may not have been happy with something that you were reporting. Right. So this first um, reversal is just there's my ghetto, and it's you, you know you were it brought to mind the financial difficulty. Yes. That you faced as a result of that action. All right. That leads us right into number fourteen. Now, number 14, the forward is exactly the same, but when you say two dozen people that were let go that day, you have a very interesting reversal. It says that old devil deep inside. Why? Wow, interesting. Let's play 14, Dan. When it comes right down to it, probably it was just, uh, I, I, was, I was one of maybe two dozen people let go that day. Mm. Uh, so I think he just, you know, and I'm just the overnight guy, and that's usually the first place they cut. That old devil. That one out? That old. Yeah, I could. That old devil deep inside. Yeah. Uh, now remember this. You made this forward statement because you're explaining that you didn't really feel uh, that your listeners were correct about this. That there were a lot of other reasons for this to happen, but. That old devil deep inside, yeah, I think that represents the, the suspicions that we, that all of us have. So I, I may have a nagging suspicion subconsciously that maybe my, some of my listeners were right and the reason I was fired was due to a conspiracy? Yeah, but keep in mind that doesn't, just because it's a subconscious thought, it doesn't mean that it's accurate. No, no, just my subconscious. There's this, there's this residual feeling. Okay, now is 15 part of the same cluster? Do we, should we play that one? Wayne, do you think we should play 15? Sure, yeah. Okay, sure. let's do that one, and then we'll, uh, we'll take a break, Dan. Number 15. And you have to stop and, and actually pay attention and, and set aside time for reflection in order to, to sort of connect those dots. Uh, but I guess I, you have to, uh, if you believe, you have to believe, also believe then that you're being steered to a certain extent or nudged and that field was lost. Then that field was lost. Then that field was fought. Then that evil was fought. Uh, here I think the context, Wayne, was you were asking me about whether this job that I have, talking about conspiracies, the paranormal, at times I discuss spiritual warfare in the program, all of these things, whether I... I 
I wondered if you'd been guided to that. Yes. Way, so if you felt that way. Yeah. Then that evil was fought. Yeah. So when you say you have to also believe that, that's where the speech reversal comes from. And I think what it's saying is, if you believe that, then the evil is fought. Following guidance. Ah, yes. Fights evil. Yes. So if I'm listening, if I'm if I'm being allowing myself to be guided, guided by whom? By God, then that's when the evil is is fought. Makes sense. Now, do you feel that's an af- accurate belief of yours? I'm yes. Uh, intellectually, it is. I was having a conversation before the show with Nils Hamron, who will uh, be on at midnight, and he's been studying the di- the Bible for sixty years, and I kept saying, Nils, I have this faith but it's intellectual it's in my head space but i don't want it to be in my head i want it to be in my heart uh so i, I don't i don't know if that answers your question but uh yes yeah all right we'll uh we'll get to some more of these i hope this isn't too self-indulgent for people listening but I, it's certainly i think uh enlightening in terms of the power of speech reversals and uh to me to me, anyway, this is uh, this is absolutely remarkable, and and it's a real eye opener. So we'll uh, continue along with some speech reversals, my speech reversals, with Wayne Nicholson here on the Conspiracy Show. Back with more after this. Curiosity, or did the devil make you do it? Whatever the reason. Welcome back to The Conspiracy Show with Richard Serrett from Zoomer Radio, AM 740. To talk to Richard, call 416-360-0740 or toll-free in Ontario at 1-866-740-4740. Reverse speech is a covert level of communication that is automatically generated by the brain when we speak. It can be heard when human speech is recorded and played backward, and that's what we're hearing tonight. Wayne Nicholson, my guest, his website, thehiddenlanguage.com. He's a reverse speech analyst, and we had a conversation earlier in the week, and now we're playing it back with the reversals, and uh, this is providing sort of a window into my subconscious mind. Uh, We should probably move ahead, Wayne, to a conversation we had. You asked me about whether I had ever experienced anything of a paranormal nature, and I talked about the days following my father's death. And uh, I guess there's probably about six or seven in a row here, so maybe we can get to as many as those as we can. Yeah. Anything you want to say before we fire off number 16? Well, this was, uh, this was very interesting to me because the speech reversals, in order, are revealing a mystery. You know, they're answering, uh, it's just the way it worked out. Right? I thought it was quite interesting. All right, number 16, Dan. My father passed away on uh, New Year's Eve, 1986. And uh, I was home from, during when he died, I was home from Christmas break. I was uh, in university. And uh, it was a couple days after uh, he was buried. Here I have to meet. Here I have to meet. You're after me. Right. You're after me. 
what is my subconscious mind telling me? I'm talking about my father's death. I'm home for Christmas break. I, you know, I have to ask you about that one. Your uh, after- this reversal comes from the words, he was buried. Days after he was buried, you're after me. And remember, this is, you're, you're speaking to yourself. My subconscious mind speaking to me, so I'm, I'm saying I'm after myself? Uh, I don't, well, are you saying... There is a conflict here, uh, as an Orthodox Christian. I mean, we, we talk uh, later, we'll find out I appear to have seen a ghost. But that whole idea of, that doesn't square with, with Orthodox Christian faith. We don't believe in ghosts. So m- maybe it's because if, in fact, I saw my father's ghost, this is in direct confrontation with my, with my faith. Is that possible? Yeah, I don't see why not. That makes some sense? Okay. Let me, um, possibly you're saying, you're talking to your father, you're after me, meaning, you know, you're trying to to get me to (laughs) perceive something I'm not used to, or? Interesting. And so I'm talking to my father, you're after me. Hmm. All right, let's uh, proceed to number 17. coming through the, uh, the bedroom door. Mockery. 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 I'm talking about this figure that I saw after my father died. I'm in the basement, and I see this figure coming through the door. Mockery, I say in reverse. Mockery. A mockery of your faith. A mockery of my faith. Indeed. Indeed. All right, let's just, uh, let's just push on. Number 18, Dan. Not Mary. Uh, yeah, th- this figure that came through the door, I thought initially that it might be my mother, and then I realized that it wasn't my mother It came as it came closer to my bed. And so in reverse, I'm saying, not Mary, not Mary. Your mother's name wasn't Mary? No, it's not. Okay. It's not. Although, I, you know, this is going back 24 years. Was I thinking at the time that this might be an apparition of the... the of the the Blessed Mary? I don't honestly th- think that, uh, given sort of where my headspace was at that time. I wasn't mm-hmm. I wasn't devout, certainly. So, interesting. That one's a real head-scratcher, Wayne. I don't have an answer for that one. That might come to you. <laughs> All right. 19, Dan. Oh, boy, my, is my head playing tricks. So I start, you know, rubbing my eyes with my hands, all the cliches, and mm-hmm. then I open my eyes again, and it was still there. I am the boy. Well, the thing that comes immediately to mind is, is not to give too much away, but uh, as we further delved into this paranormal experience, what I saw was my doppelganger. So I was looking at my own face. Right. I, so I am the boy. I, I guess that's... There's also another, another level here. Okay. Uh, this reversal comes from the forward words, I opened my eyes. So I opened my eyes, 
I am the boy. The boy, it didn't say man, it said boy. The boy represents the inner child. So you open your eyes and become aware of the inner child. Ah, okay. All right. Uh, well, I was I was a boy at the time in many ways. I was 22 years old. Oh, you were? Old. Okay. I was 22. Oh. I was 22. All right. But okay, very much... Boy enough, yes. Yeah, but very much uh, a very young 22, I would say. Mm-hmm. Okay, number 20, Dan. I waved my hand. I'm, I'm sort of sitting up in bed now, and I wave my hand, and it goes right through this thing. Seduced your soul. Seduced your soul. Seduced your soul. Seduced your soul. Yeah. Seduced your soul. Seduction can be both negative or positive. And to me, this was a spiritual experience, and it's gotten your attention. You've never forgotten it. No. No. Caused you to look deeper into your own understanding of life, correct? It did. Uh, Isn't that a seduction? It certainly is, and yeah. and although you know, I've never even con- this is it seems so obvious, but you know, I've never connected the dots between that event and why I chose to talk about these things on the air. Isn't that ridiculous? I've never even thought about that. Hmm. It certainly did uh, seduce my soul. That experience. All right, uh, let's take another time out. We'll come back and we can get probably to a few more of these as we continue on with speech reversal analyst Wayne Nicholson. And uh, we're looking at some reversals emanating from a conversation Wayne and I had earlier in the week. Bizarre, bizarre, very strange. All right, back with more in a moment. The Conspiracy Show with Richard Serrett. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of The Conspiracy Show with Richard Serrett. Heard every Sunday night from 11 p.m. to 1 a.m. on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. The Conspiracy Show with Richard Serrett is coming to television February 2011, and I hope that next week I can have a formal announcement and we'll tell you exactly where you'll find that program. Also next week on the program, Patrick White dear friend from Conspiracy Culture. That's the uh, the bookstore here in Toronto, 1696 Queen Street uh, West. And uh, uh, Patrick will be here to, uh, to give us sort of his must-read list in terms of uh, conspiracy and paranormal literature. Patrick White from Conspiracy Culture will be here on the program and will also talk about the UFO de- deception. And I'll have a, a guest lined up to address that. And uh, just a reminder that you can follow me on Twitter and the website, the portal to The Conspiracy Show is www.richardserrett.com, S-Y-R-E-T-T, richardserrett.com. There's a couple more reversals I want to pl- play here. Wayne Nicholson is uh, with us from thehiddenlanguage.com. And uh, these all, all pertain to that... Uh, New Year's Eve night back in 1986 when I believed or believe I saw my father's ghost and uh, let's uh, let's do number 21 here Dan it seemed to dissipate and I thought oh boy this is just crazy and so I laid back and uh, closed my eyes for a second and then when I opened them again it was directly over me I have the other thing he's here I have 
I feel her that he's here. That, that seems almost like a contradiction. I feel her that he's here. Wayne? It does. Um, we, to really get to the basis, is that we need to know who her is. I feel her that he's here. Well, he's... Could, I did feel... Could have, sorry? Could it have been a reference to your mother again? I feel her that he's here. I suppose, I suppose... Well, did you feel a, a feminine presence? Initially, I did. Initially, I did. Okay. That's why I thought it was my mother coming through the door. Isn't that interesting? So right. I feel her, my mother's presence, but then he's here, thinking it was my dad. There was a lot of confusion. I was very confused. Yeah, yeah. All right, let's... Um, Let's go to number 24. Let me set this up, Dan, before we do. Uh, so I had this apparition appear to me, and uh, I didn't tell anybody about it uh, until months later. And my brother-in-law, Bob, who uh, was living in Kitchener at the time, or he was teaching in Kitchener, he uh, and I was attending university in Kitchener, and uh, we happened to meet up, and I'm in his car, and he's driving along, and he tells me the story. Anyway, go, uh, play it number uh, number 24, Dan. My dad or his father-in-law in the back of his car, and or he sensed him there, and he, he he was confused. He couldn't understand why he came to him because he was. The owl. Answered. Let me just uh, uh, go back to the forward. My brother-in-law is teaching in Kitchener. He gives me a ride home. He happens to mention that he saw my 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 father, who was several months deceased. He would be my my brother-in-law's. My dad would be my brother-in-law's father-in-law. Actually, so he sees my dad in the back of his car, and I remember him telling me he was so confused and almost angry and shouting at, at the apparition of my father, saying, why are you here with me? Why aren't you with your family? And then my reversal is, the owl answered. Do you know, did he get an answer when he asked that question? Of your father or the apparition? No, he, he didn't. He didn't. I, I remember that conversation distinctly. He just said he was, he was, he was my brother-in-law said he was angry and he was shouting at the apparition of my father, saying, why are you here with me? And then, I, and then he, he disappeared. Owl uh, is, is a very common metaphor, actually, in reverse speech. You come across it quite often. Uh, and usually it's considered knowledge from a conscious mind. However, sometimes, in, uh, in reference to the topic we've been discussing, sometimes it's also considered an E.T. screen memory. An E.T. screen memory? What do you mean by that? Well... I'm sure you've heard of this. Um, sometimes people will um, have had an abduction experience or some sort of a contact experience. Yes. And they don't remember the actual experience, but they remember seeing an owl, or they remember seeing a wolf or uh, some sort of an animal. And that's a very common experience for uh, uh, people who have... Uh, some sort of contact. Is this suggesting, is my subconscious mind trying to tell me that that night when I saw this apparition, uh, and, and this part hasn't been revealed in this uh, these clips, but 
what I actually ended up seeing was my own doppelganger, although I perceived that perhaps it was my father, my father's ghost taking my form so as not to frighten me. But is it possible that my subconscious mind is saying that this was a, an E.T. screen memory? In other words, I was the victim of an alien abduction? Is that possible? I don't know. <laughs> you don't know? I, I, I don't know. We don't have enough data to, to make that, um, to come to a conclusion like that. I, I, need, a lot, I need a lot more uh, supportive speech reversals to that idea to come to that conclusion. But I'm clearly... And I only mentioned the E.T. screen memory aspect of it because it's, it's one of the things we've been discussing here. Yes. And speech reversals refer to what we're talking about. The owl answered. Okay. Uh, I think the only one, other one I want to play is, uh, is number 26. Can we go right to that one, Dan? Who mentioned the same thing, but I had seen my doppelganger, and uh, perhaps it was him. Please help, Miss Bauer. Please help, Miss Bauer. The reversal there is my self-despair. Well, that certainly makes... Go ahead, Wayne. Did you feel that at that time? Certainly, certainly. Great deal of despair, as anyone would after, you know, losing a a parent. Um, But I, as I said, I did see my doppelganger. And I've since learned that uh, people who report seeing doppelgangers, it often happens when they are under a great deal of stress, like, you know, during a, gre- a period of grieving. So that would certainly make a, a sense. My self-despair. Well, uh, a lot of... There is a lot of mystery here, isn't there? A lot of... Uh, yeah, a lot of unanswered questions. Do I need a, a an intense session of psychoanalysis or what? <laughs> oh, yeah, you need, you need a lot of help. <laughs> <laughs> No, I think in general there's there's like quite a few reversals that we weren't, weren't able to cover, cover. But um, I think in general you come out looking very good, Richard. I'm not looking very good. No, no, I think you did look. You do oh. look very good. Okay. Your, your, your subconscious is, is in good repair. <laughs> it's in good repair. So a, a couple, yeah. one or two incongruities, but nothing serious. All right. Right. Exactly. And we all have that. That's so many. Uh, some people are afraid to do this because they're afraid, oh, I'll be caught in a lie, or, you know, something's going to be askew. And what they're not understanding is that's sort of the natural way that we are. We are incongruent individuals. The more personal the questions, uh, the more revealing the reversals? Is that true? Oh, Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, the more emotionally involved with the topic a person is, the more, first of all, the more speech reversals you will get, and um, and also you'll get more of the metaphorical type of speech reversals, which generally are reaching a deeper level of the individual than the, than the more straightforward ones. Wayne, if people want to try this and they want to get a hold of you and, and, and go through a session like this, how do they do it? Well, they can email me at wayne at thehiddenlanguage.com. They can visit. I'd suggest they visit the website. I've got uh, hundreds of samples of audio clips they can listen to, from um, some from clients that I've used with uh, their permission. Everything I do is completely confidential. So if you see a client's reversal there, 
it's because they've given me their permission. Uh, I have a lot of um, public domain stuff. Uh, politicians speaking, actors, um, uh, figures from the past, history. And that's all. It's a pretty interesting site. It'll take you quite a while if you want to listen to everything. All right, and uh, you, you can post uh, these reversals as well on your site. Uh if you wish, and at some point, maybe I, I will. I'll make the, uh, the the entire forward conversation we had available. I'm glad to hear that because that's that's very revealing. I think, and I don't think this was self-indulgent on your part at all. I think uh, I think your listeners will be happy to know these things. I appreciate it, Wayne. Always good talking to you. Thank you very much. Take care. The Wayne, uh, Wayne Nicholson, thehiddenlanguage.com. Speaking of spiritual warfare, and we certainly touched on that. Nils Hammerin will be along from End Times Press down in Somerville, New Jersey to talk about the spiritual warfare he's been engaged in when The Conspiracy Show continues on AM 740. We deal in illusions, man. None of it is true. But you people sit there day after day, night after night, all ages, colors, creeds. We're all you know. You're beginning to believe the illusions we're spinning here. You're beginning to think that the tube is reality and that your own lives are unreal. You do whatever the tube tells you. You dress like the tube. You ate like the tube. You raise your children like the tube. You even think like the tube. This is mass madness, you maniacs. In God's name, you people are the real thing. We are the illusion. So turn off your television sets. Turn them off now. Turn them off right now. Turn them off and leave them off. Turn them off right in the middle of the sentence I'm speaking to you now. Turn them off. Brainwashed in our childhood. Brainwashed by the school. Brainwashed by our teachers. And brainwashed by all the rules. Brainwashed by our leaders. By our kings and queens. Brainwashed in the open and brainwashed behind the scenes. Love from Toronto, Canada. The Conspiracy Show with Richard Serrett from Zoomer Radio, AM 740. A couple of weeks ago, we did a, a program on chemtrails with Rosalind Peterson from California and uh, a grandmother from Vancouver Island who's very active in, in chemtrail uh, research. Uh, so we posted the question on the uh, richardserrett.com website, what are chemtrails? And 37.5% of you believe chemtrails are part of the New World Order depopulation agenda. 33.3% believe chemtrails are a secret project to manipulate the weather. 18.8% of you are not sure. And 10.4% believe chemtrails are an urban legend. If you want to take part in these uh, online poll questions, just log on to richardserrett.com and you'll find them on the homepage on the uh, the left hand side and it's very simple you just uh, click on one of the uh, the selections and hit the vote button and there you go your call on richardserrett.com very pleased to uh, welcome back to the program uh, a man who uh, has been with me in this show's various incarnations over the years in fact i knew him uh, uh, before i was a host when I was a talk show producer, I used to book him on uh, various shows, and uh, he has stuck through me, or with me, rather, stuck with me through thick and thin, and uh, delighted he's back. He has been studying the Bible for nearly 60 years, uh, and, and in particular, 
biblical prophecy. And he often finds a fulfillment of biblical prophecies in today's news headlines. And he is the author of Seal of the End Times, a book that probably took 50 years in the, in, in the making, 50 years to write this book. It is truly remarkable. And in the book, he lays out the timeline for the, uh, the end times, the arrival of the final Antichrist, and hints very strongly at the identity of the final Antichrist. The Seal of the End Times author, Nils Hammerin, joins The Conspiracy Show. Hello, Nils. How are you? Hi there, Richard, and it's a real pleasure to be on your show. I have been listening to other programs that you've done in the last few weeks, and I, I must say that uh, they are very good programs. You're having excellent guests that really know their stuff. Well, thank you, Nils. And, uh, Nils, let's just jump right in, because uh, it's been a while since we chatted, and uh, I had uh, received several emails over the last couple of weeks saying, when is Nils coming back on the program? So I thought, well, i I better get uh, just check out to see, to see how he is because it's been a while since we talked, and so I called you uh, yesterday actually, and uh, uh, Nils, uh, you're having some difficulties. You're you're in a real bind. I am undergoing satanic attack of classic dimensions, and uh, so is the world actually. Um, strange things are happening worldwide. And I'm witnessing all these things. It's like a flurry of birds taking off from a pond or something. You know, you couldn't identify each bird, but you see there's a flock going there and a lot of activity. That's really what's going on in the world with demons, uh, uh, the work that uh, Satan is doing and designing every day. Um, <clears throat> some of these things are being precipitated by innocent people that really don't know what they're doing. Um, <clears throat> I'm sorry for my voice. I have a very bad cold, but I'll try to keep talking anyway. Um, but for I you personally, you personally, Nils, what's what's happening, and how, are you, how have you come under attack? Well, <clears throat> I have, let's say, a history of, uh, I would say, at least 30 or 40 years of uh, satanic attacks against me personally. Um, my own person. And in each instance, whenever one of these things occurred, I was about as innocent and blasé and unknowing as you could possibly imagine. I had no idea what was going on. I had no idea how much danger I was in. I didn't know, for instance, that the people were trying to kill me, uh, my own friends. Uh, it, it was so insane that in another life I would just say you're joking right um, but it's it to me it's real it, it's something I live with every day and I have always found that in the moment when the danger is the greatest the Holy Spirit steps in and stops the action and reverses everything and uh, this has been a history a recurring cycle and recently, uh, I would say Friday, we received a phone call from a very, very good friend of mine, and he told me some news which was devastating. To me, devastating, because it involved prophecy. It involved something that I've been in uh, into for about 15 years, uh, something that started with me personally, 
It saved my life. And then uh, I, I felt, you know, I was obligated to uh, get this uh, ingredient, if you want to call it that, to other people and let them find out what it can do for them. And uh, I was doing this uh, more or less as a not-for-profit organization. I was not looking for big gains or millions of dollars. I just felt that um, this was something of a divine nature, and it was to be treated that way. And uh, if you're going to do that, you're, you're going to have to respect it. Um, the last thing God needs is somebody working for him that does not respect him. Okay, hold on, Nils. We'll find out exactly what this phone call was all about and this ingredient, this miraculous ingredient you're discussing as well when we come back. Nils Hammerin, author of Seal of the End Times, a very important book for these times. More of our conversation when The Conspiracy Show returns. Don't go away. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of The Conspiracy Show with Richard Serrett. Heard every Sunday night from 11 p.m. to 1 a.m. on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. Nils Hamron is with us from End Times Press down in Somerville, New Jersey. He's the author of Seal of the End Times, a book that took nearly a half century to write. That's how important uh, this book is. And, uh, Nils, you and I have talked many times about this, the, these demonic attacks that you've suffered over the years, and uh, you sort of uh, describe them. The motive for them, actually, w- was an attempt to stop you from writing this book and revealing the identity of the Antichrist. But the most recent uh, attack, and, and, and the reason that you now find yourself in really uh, desperate straits, uh, has to do with this uh, this miraculous ingredient that uh, came into your possession. Uh, it's called TriMed. And uh, explain a little bit about uh, uh, how you first learned about it and what it did for you. Well, it, it is a long story, uh, Richard. I don't know if you want to hear all the details, but some of the details are very interesting, and they do give you a perspective of how the Holy Spirit works. And uh, if you want to listen to it, I guess the whole story in, in detail would take about five minutes. But um, we've, you, we've got five minutes. It's, it's that important, Nils. Uh, tell us. Okay. I, I'll try to give the details, because when people listen to a story like this, uh, their uh, hackles go right up, and, you know, this can't be true, this never happened to me, and I don't know anybody that went through anything like this. Um, but you can be sure that I don't uh, use these words lightly. These words are carefully picked, and they are factual. Um, you know, it's one of those things that uh, I feel very, very responsible for what I say and what I do in this world. And uh, the Holy Spirit is like breathing down my neck. Now, right now on the air, I have to be very careful what I say about the Holy Spirit because I feel I am a direct uh, voice of Him. I am trying to get to the people some of the things He has done for me. Um, almost all of the things are positive. Uh, some of the things were corrective, trying to show me where I was wrong about something. And um, some of those things came as a shock to me because I was, like everyone else, uh, living in ignorance, uh, believing uh, the mainstream concepts. Uh, Believe me, when you learn about the Holy Spirit, you begin to see why it's going to take 
a thousand years for us to learn righteousness in the kingdom. We don't learn easily, and we don't understand easily. We're, we're slow of uh, heart, slow of um, mental acceptance of other things that we don't normally believe. We have to sort of get away from that and begin to open up our minds and realize that there are intelligences in this, and even on our Earth and in our atmosphere, of greater intelligence than us. And with that knowledge, we are actually privileged to, uh, to be here without being attacked by, uh, let's say, another intelligence uh, of a higher order. Instead, we're merely being observed. But anyway, how did this all start? Well, um, I was writing the book from about 1989 to about 1992. During that time, it was a three-year span of years where I was learning very rapidly that uh, things can go wrong in a very quick order in ways that you would never imagine. Uh, I would take, for instance, a page to be uh, printed someplace, and they would start printing, and their press would break down. I would take something to be sprayed in a new color because it would look better in that new color, and here is a man that just bought a brand-new sprayer, and the sprayer breaks down. These things with the book were continuous, page by page, photo by photo, and image by image. Everything was a fight against resistance that was in the astronomical odds. Uh, I took a, um, a, a simple medallion, to a photographer in Boundbrook, not far from Somerville. This man was a professional. He taught photography. He had a beautiful shop. He had been in business for many, many years. His building was impeccable, a very nice establishment, and I thought this is the right man to photograph this uh, image for the cover of the book. And he uh, passed the uh, uh, image that he had taken in his expensive camera, into his solutions, and what he got was a mess. And uh, he thought, you know, what is this? And uh, he took another picture of this medallion, and he passed that through the solutions, and it was completely crazy. It was all the wrong colors, and it was fuzzy. Uh, this went on for several days. He had done something like 200 photographs by the time he called me. He had also called the Kodak company, and they came down with computers to observe this. And they watched the uh, material going through the solutions. They had computers hooked up to the solutions, and we could not get a photograph that was worthy of publication. What was this coin that you wanted uh, printed on the cover of your book, The Seal of the End Times, Nils? It was a tribute to the prophets, because I felt the prophets and all the things that they had done never really received much uh, accolades from anyone. They were just looked upon as uh, weirdos. And, uh, you know, I don't remember reading in the Bible any one of them really being successful, except perhaps Daniel. Uh, he went on to run an empire, but uh, uh, Jeremiah at the same time was in a jail in Jerusalem. Well, <laughs> Okay, so some something, yeah. something or someone didn't want this uh, image uh, photographed in place on the book, and there were a whole series of these 
struggles and misfortunes associated with publishing this book about Seal of the End Times. But let's get back to the, the TriMed, uh, this, this ma- miraculous ingredient that you uh, stumbled okay. upon. Uh, what happened was about a year later, uh, in other words, these forces kept working and we kept trying to fight them one way or another. One day I reached a point where I was trying to write uh, the book and I had a pain in my chest that was severe. And I realized, you know, it's either an aneurysm or it's uh, maybe a budding heart attack or something. So I asked the Holy Spirit to heal me. And my contact with the Holy Spirit at that time was very strong. I have to say that. It was very strong. It was almost like I was speaking to somebody near me, and they were listening and saying, okay, just hold on a little bit. Well, nothing happened. Twenty-four hours later, at about the same hour, I was in bed, lying down, and all of a sudden a, an object, let's put it this way, was thrust into my chest where the pain was, and I wound up standing alongside my bed while this object was rummaging around in my chest, doing all kinds of things, and I could feel every movement. I felt my, like my chest was completely ripped open. My and word. To make a long story short, the process was very violent and very bizarre. Um, then the object withdrew from my chest. I slowly regained normalcy. I finally was able to breathe, and uh, I was uninjured. The pain was gone. And I'm saying to myself, you know, this is a very strange way to uh, heal somebody. And uh, But I was healed. Now, a year later, I was sitting in a lab, and I was watching a photograph through a very special camera that was uh, showing a human cell being entered by a medicine which I called TriMed, or an abbreviation for Trinity Medicine, because the medicine is truly of a divine nature. And uh, in that that I was watching on the screen, the process was identical to the process that was used in my chest to heal me. And it was done deliberately that way so that I would realize this medicine that is healing this cell is operating on a, on a principle, apparently, of uh, the same principle that healed me. And it does involve violently spinning the contents of a cell and then a reversal of the spin. There is first a forward spin and then a reverse spin, and it goes a certain number of counts. And when it is reverse spin and stops, that cell is completely healed. So what, I don't know how that process works. So what is this, what is this, uh, this TriMed, Trinity Medication, what is it composed of, comprised of? It is in two parts. It was discovered in Area 51, uh, I, I still have to give a little background here because people just are not going to believe half of what I'm saying. My father was a scientist, and he worked for Allied Chemical. He uh, had studied under Einstein in uh, Switzerland. He was a very, very competent man and a very good man. He was working for Allied Chemical, building all kinds of uh, industrial uh, processes that, you know, you actually use every day. White paint, the pigment uh, in white paint was one of his processes. 
Uh, the battery acid in your car is one of his processes. Altogether, he had 200 patents, uh, which uh, he received 200 uh, silver dollars. Uh, one of his patents sold in his hometown in Helsinki, Finland, for $100 million. And that it was after the process had been used for 10 years. So I know how to talk to scientists. And when I met the scientist that was in Area 51, he spoke to me on scientific uh, subjects, and he spoke to me also about religion. He was very curious about religion because his scientific work was crossing over the line and going into what he called the life grid. In the life grid, he was running into DNA scans, scrolls, which uh, resembled DNA uh, in, in its normal form. And uh, he was talking to me about how uh, certain compounds, certain things in our world are also in contact with this uh, life grid. And it turned out uh, that the photons from the sun, which he was uh, studying, contained the DNA readout for the whole human race. And he was wondering how that could be. And he was eventually able to understand that photons and electrons are not always part of our world. They do go into the divine movement area where when they participate in the, the uh, life grid, something changes in them, and they return back to the, uh, the Earth. When they return back, uh, they have been changed in some way. Now, photons, in connection with TriMed, actually complete the assembly of TriMed into its final form. In its final form, <clears throat> it is what they call active. It will heal uh, an incorrect DNA readout in a human. It is able to read the DNA in a human being and then correct what is wrong. It can even turn on sections of DNA which are normally shut down in humans. And uh, you have that situation where there are parts of human beings that uh, really never develop simply because God doesn't want them developed or has shut them down, uh, uh, let's say, race-wide and uh, lets them be that way. And uh, unless you can read DNA, you wouldn't even know that it was shut off. So this scientist from Area 51, how did he discover this TriMed? He went to work one day and he got in front of this one machine that was used to uh, synthesize uh, compounds, complex compounds. And of course... In a lab of that secrecy level, uh, they were working with compounds that really are not even known to exist. Most of them are radioactive. Uh, some of them can uh, actually suddenly explode and uh, produce huge amounts of matter. And uh, the way that happens is they don't connect with the life grid. Those compounds connect with the energy grid of the universe. And, uh, for instance, uh, he explained to me that when somebody... Uh, blows up a dirty bomb in New York City and levels the city, where did the energy come from? It did not come from the bomb. It came from the energy grid of the universe. All that happened was that a gate was opened by the compound, 
and that gate uh, released the energy into uh, the city, and the city was blown away. So this uh, this machine that was producing these compounds somehow produced this trimed. It produced it under a divine guidance, and it was unexpected. Nobody knew what it was. The compound looked like water, uh, but it had a different specific gravity. Uh, it also um, was photon sensitive, and when it was exposed to photons, they could see that it would change. And uh, of course, they didn't know what it was for. Uh, they had no idea why it was able to even uh, produce itself in this machine. You had to, re- you know, set the machine up. Okay, we have to take a break, Niels, but very just sort of we'll jump ahead here. At okay. some point. You became very ill. You took this TriMed. We'll find out what happened to you. Okay. And that sets you down a particular path. And then we'll get back to that phone call that turned your your life upside down. Back with okay. more of my conversation with Nils Hammerin here on The Conspiracy Show, AM 740. Stay with us. If you're sure your phone isn't tapped, call now. 416-360-0740 or toll free in Ontario at 1-866-740-4740. So this miraculous compound, TriMed, which appears to be water with a slightly different gravity and is proton uh, sensitive, uh, is found in a machine in Area 51 by a scientist and uh, you now believe that 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 compound was placed there or was created in that machine by some divine entity, perhaps angelic. This scientist somehow gets in contact with you and at some point, Nils, you became deathly ill and I guess in a last-ditch effort you, you took this TriMed. Tell us about that. Well, I was at work uh, in a huge factory that no longer exists, a General Motors plant. I was working on a Sunday night, and I was there on the night shift, and there were probably only five people in the whole plant, and most of the lights were out. And I began having a funny feeling in my chest and uh, couldn't breathe that well. I got on a bicycle, and I began pedaling towards the uh, front of the plant where I knew I would find a guard. By the time I got to the guard, I could hardly speak, and I just fell to the ground. The bicycle fell down. He uh, helped me up, and we got into a room, and they called some superintendent and uh, got approval to get an ambulance and uh, so forth, and uh, quickly I was taken to a hospital. But in the in the ambulance, I was lucky to probably by uh, divine providence, I would swear, uh, there's a doctor right there in the ambulance, and he's talking to me and holding my uh, pulse and uh, listening to my heart, and uh, he's constantly telling me that you're not in dire condition, and I said, I, can, I can't breathe, and he didn't know why, and uh, we finally got to the uh, hospital, and I was first given some quick tests, and they were all negative. Uh, then they put me in a room, and they were giving me oxygen, and finally I just uh, fell asleep, I guess. It took five days to find out that I had cancer all over my back, uh, cancer in a kidney, glands, arteries, the whole thing was a mess. And they decided, you know, look, we can do an operation, but if we do the operation, uh, it's not going to improve anything. You're, you're going to, you have two years to live. 
this, that's, that's the most. And I said to myself, uh, that, that doesn't sound very good. And uh, meanwhile, somebody was assigned to do a sonic scan on my back, and I was in a special room for that, and there's only one person in that room, and it was an orderly, and he's the one assigned to do the sonic scan. And he says to me very clearly after looking around the room, do not have an operation in this hospital. And I said, I appreciate that advice, and I will uh, absolutely not have an operation here. I'm going to use a medicine which I know about and see what happens. He said, that's the way to go. And uh, that's exactly what happened. I knew about the medicine from a radio program I had done. Uh, a doctor called after the show, and uh, that's a long story by itself. But he knew where this medicine was available, and he had told me about it. So now the next thing was I recontacted him. <clears throat> And he gave me the particulars of um, the scientists, but he knew the scientists, and he prepared the way uh, by calling the scientists and letting the scientists know that I was going to be contacting him. And I did. I was very lucky to catch him because he was under death threats. Uh, his family had already left the country. Uh, he was preparing to leave the country, and I caught him in his house with no furniture in the house. Uh, Why was he receiving death threats? He had discovered this TriMed and was curing diseases with it and so was perceived as a threat, or why? Okay. The, the problem was this. Uh, he was told by an angel to take the medicine in a certain amount. It had to be diluted, and it would cure his heart. The angel knew his heart was bad. He had had four heart attacks. And the medicine read the DNA in his body rebuilt his heart like a, an athlete and he was extremely surprised and very grateful uh he was after that he was you know able to do everything he wanted to do run around do the lawn and everything else but um he didn't know exactly why he had this medicine and what was he supposed to do with it just like i didn't uh know too much about it myself um but he said that uh the medicine reads DNA, and if there's a problem with the DNA, it will go through the body and fix that problem. And he said cancer, uh, diabetes, lupus, and so many diseases are really diseases of damage done to the DNA, either through cosmic rays or other uh, broadcast uh, frequencies and so forth. They all damage the DNA, and you reach a point where you start developing uh, cells that are not correct, they're not good for the body, and they are cancerous cells. And there's only one thing to do, that is to kill the cancerous cells and correct the DNA so that the new cells coming along line are okay. And uh, that's what he was trying to do. He was trying to develop the medicine into a more potent form, or he couldn't figure out how it should be administered. Uh, when I was in his uh, lab, he said, the only form I have right now uh, is injectable. And he had to inject me. Uh, actually, he said 15 times would not be enough because he gave very small injections every day because of the potency of the medicine. And he used a very tiny needle. I actually could not feel the needle. And uh, to make a long story short, I had to get back 
to my work or I would lose my job uh, because I had been spending a long time looking for him. And uh, I finally decided, I, well, I have to go home. And, and I did and came back uh, to where I lived. And uh, I shortly after that received a package in the mail that was a new oral form of the medicine, which he wanted me to try. And I took that. And I eventually, uh, let's say in about 60 days, my back was completely healed. The kidney was rebuilt. The uh, glands were rebuilt. They were put in chemical order by the uh, TriMed medicine. Uh, the whole thing was so miraculous that you just wondered, you know, where is this all going to go now? Is this going to be a fantastic new medicine for the human race or what? And uh, at that time, I did not know that this was uh, part of the Living Water series that uh, God was going to introduce on the earth to stop uh, any kind of problem with people that have, um, you know, gotten into a situation where their health that uh, is almost irreversible. Uh, in order to reverse it, you've got to get back to basics. You have to get back to the DNA, get back to good cells and God's original design. And uh, this is the medicine that was doing it, and this is God's formula for it. He, so, so you started he, distributing uh, that's this. That's the Neil, only way to do it. Nils, at a certain point, you started distributing this, uh, uh, this uh, TriMed, correct? Yes, I did. I found out, you know, that I was able to get more of it. The scientists said, we'll ship you some if you have friends and you want to help them, uh, that's what he wanted uh, this medicine to do, was to help people. He didn't want it to be used to gouge people of their money, their life earnings. Uh, there were people doing that in Europe where some testing was going on. They were charging $10,000 uh, for just a few ounces of the medicine, and he learned of it, and they were all cut off. I mean, this went on for several years. There were uh, places set up. Uh, all over the world, actually, there were like uh, small uh, hotels where several rooms were taken up by doctors, and they would have patients come to the hotel, live in the hotel, and they would treat them for uh, maybe two or three weeks, like I was treated by the scientists, but at much, much higher uh, rates. I mean, they were into the thousands tens of thousands. Now, you weren't, obviously, you weren't uh, gouging people, Nils, but you were a distributor, so you were able to, I mean, you're, you're, in, your, you're in your 80s now, so, uh, you know, uh, you were able to at least eke out a living uh, uh, selling the TriMed, correct? Well, yes, I was also working for GM for several years, and I finally retired. I was doing both at the same time, uh, distributing the medicine when I came home and uh, working at the plant during the day, and uh, would try to catch up on weekends uh, if we didn't have work at the plant. So I was doing two jobs and uh, also distributing the book. So I was quite active and busy, and, uh, but I felt it was worth it because I was getting calls back of what was happening to the people that were using the medicine. And medicine is one thing, but along with the medicine, some people actually had full-blown miracles occur uh, even with things they had never told me that they had uh, wrong with them, and uh, it proved again to me that this is not a joke. This is a real divine medicine, and this is from the Creator. Uh, the whole thing is 
you know, it's something that an average person never sees or ever comes into contact. And uh, here I am as a distributor of a divine medicine and uh, wondering to myself, you know, how long can this go on? Well, it turns out that uh, there were originally five levels, let's say, or let's call them levels of the medicine that could do different things. Level five was developed um, by the uh, original uh, guy that was uh, in Area 51 because he was now out of Area 51 and he was making the medicine in a foreign country on a military base, but he still had the original piece of equipment that he needed to assemble the medicine. And he would work on his medicine, and then he would also work on Defense uh, Department uh, projects. That was the only arrangement he could make, and it worked for many, many years until one day somebody got on the base, they found him, and they killed him. And uh, the idea, of course... They killed him. They killed him. It's not a mystery when you get into the medical world and you find out that uh, billions and billions of dollars are made treating people in hospitals and in uh, outpatient uh, arrangements. And uh, all of this income and money flow uh, is not helped by a medicine that costs uh, so little and can do so much. All right, let's uh, take a time out. When we come back, Nils, we'll carry on with this remarkable tale. So the developer of this TriMed, this miraculous compound given to him by some angelic being in Area 51, the founder is, or the, I guess the originator, is assassinated, essentially, on a foreign military base. Let's come back and find out what uh, what happens to the supply of this TriMed, and then we'll f- eventually get back to this phone call that you received earlier this week, which dealt you a very, very serious blow. Nils Hamron, author of Seal of the End Times, as we discuss spiritual warfare here on The Conspiracy Show. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of The Conspiracy Show with Richard Serrett. Heard every Sunday night from 11 p.m. to 1 a.m. on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. Just a reminder again, a special Halloween episode of The Conspiracy Show coming up in two weeks' time, October 31st. I mentioned there will be a very special treat, uh, and that's all I'll reveal at this point, uh, to, kick off, to kick off the program. And then later on in the program... We'll hear from some of our regulars uh, with their ghost stories or paranormal experiences. And we'll also uh, take your uh, calls as well. Nils Hammerin is with us. And uh, we're discussing spiritual warfare, his lifelong uh, uh, battle against the dark forces to bring his book, The Seal of the End Times, to the public. Uh, suffering uh, countless demonic attacks um, because this book, in fact, reveals the... Essentially, it points to the identity of the final Antichrist. But right now, we're talking about the um, the production of a miraculous water that was discovered in Area 51. And the discoverer was later assassinated. This uh, compound was able to cure Nils Hamron, he says, of uh, cancer... And uh, Nils later distributed this TriMed, as it's called. Uh, 
that takes us to the uh, the phone call that you received just a few days ago, Nils. What happened? Well, it's something that I was, you know, fearful because I was a uh, distributor for 15 years. During that time, there were ups and downs. There were times when uh, the supply would dry up. I would order uh, some of the supplies. Of course, it had to be done very quietly. Um, and we called the medicine different names at different times just to keep uh, anybody trying to track it, you know, uh, at, at uh, arm's length, let's say. Um, but we reached a point where uh, about a year ago, we no longer could get level two, which was very, very potent. It was so potent, it was given with an eyedropper. And uh, in 24 hours, you'd only take two drops from an eyedropper, and that would cure cancer anywhere in the body, including the brain. And uh, then we uh, finally got that back for a little while, and I got a supply of it in, in stock, and then uh, that was the last I ever received. And then I began to wonder what's going to happen if uh, the supply of level one drops off, because that was the most universal form of the medicine. That would heal 28 well-known uh, diseases, one of them cancer in all of its forms, and uh, even lupus and uh, things that uh, really did not respond to most treatments, uh, even with huge expense attached to the treatments, they really weren't uh, making much progress against the disease. Well, after the discoverer was assassinated, and I'm not sure when that happened, but how was how were whoever was supplying this able to uh, produce it if, if the actual discoverer was, was assassinated? He was one of the top ten scientists in the world. He was working for the Defense Department on secret projects, including scalar wave weapons, um, he was probably working on new types of uh, lasers that could destroy or freeze uh, human uh, activity at a distance uh, without harming the individual. Uh, he was involved in projects, of course, that we don't hear about, uh, black op type of things. And um, he was invaluable because his brain, he was uh, picked up when he was a youth. He was so precocious as a youth that the Rockefeller family stepped in and paid for his education all the way up until the time he was employed by the Defense Department. Can you tell us his name? I don't give out his name because it's too, uh, it, it's too dangerous, really. It, it just identifies me with uh, this person and puts me as part of the case. Okay. So after he's killed, what happens to the TriMed? Uh, the family took over. Friendly scientists that had worked with him on the projects uh, took over. They could not reproduce what he had done. He had gotten up to level five. Level five was three drops uh, injected into a newborn child. Uh, that child would not have any of these major diseases in its lifetime. Three drops. And level five was... Uh, disappeared when uh, when he was killed. Level four disappeared. Level three, two, and one we could still get. And uh, as I said, it, it probably was difficult for the people working uh, on this uh, because they would be getting uh, death threats themselves. They had seen their lead scientist uh, murdered on the base 
right there with uh, military guards, uh, on and on. So basically, I imagine they just reached the point after 15 years that the danger of it and uh, the constant threats, uh, the fact that if you left the base, uh, you would be in danger again. Uh, you know, I guess it's too much, and, and they just gave up. And uh, the call that I received was they stopped production, shut the plant down. So and no now, more TriMed, no more, it's no gone. No more TriMed, and this is a living water from the uh, creator, and uh, that is a direct uh, move by Satan. Uh, now all I can say is that the Holy Spirit observes this and will probably react. But you now have n- absolutely no source of income. You're 81 next month. Yeah. And, uh, I mean, do you not have a pension? I have a small pension from General Motors, and General Motors, of course, is unstable. Uh, we don't know what will happen there. Uh, the Social Security system uh, is really a little bit uh, shaky, I would say, and uh, that would be our only income now. We have no other income. Uh, it's going to be touch and go. Uh, I would say that uh, within a few months we're going to be in serious trouble. And there's really uh, no way that you can relieve a situation like this in normal ways because the society is now reeling from its own problems. Uh, people that uh, are older are not looked upon as being uh, immediately uh, in line for help. They're looking for the younger people that need help. Uh, if we got into some of these uh, health uh, situations with the uh, Obama administrations, older people are considered expendable. And this is the same thing that happened in uh, Germany. People that were in uh, insane asylums or in jails that were real old uh, were actually rounded up and taken off to uh, the first concentration camps. That was one of the reasons the concentration camps were established, was to actually take care of uh, older Germans and uh, people that were let's say, mentally ill, and they were considered expendable. And they were put there with almost no support, and eventually when they died, they were just buried. So here you are, 81, and on the verge of bankruptcy. Yes. And you you see this as obviously some sort of, you know, a continuance of the demonic attacks that have have plagued you for, for many, many years. Richard, there's two sides to every coin. Now, the side that I'm looking at now is the same thing that has happened to me in the distant past. Uh, When things really get bad for me, the Holy Spirit steps in in a very, very unusual way. And he will probably do the same this time. We have some suspicion of what he might do, but we can't tell him what to do. He just does it. And when it happens, it's a miracle. And... uh, The whole situation is reversed. Now, we don't know what he's going to do. We don't know if he's going to try to uh, get production of the medicine restarted or if he's going to come out with a more powerful medicine. Uh, Those things are not known. You can only speculate. We're only human beings. And uh, he sees this as his own medicine being shut down worldwide, not just in Somerville, but worldwide. And uh, thousands and thousands of people being treated. I've treated myself 2,000 people. And uh, those people have written to us. We have letters 
all kinds of letters from these people that have had tremendous healing. They're so happy. Some people have stayed on the medicine from the day they first got it. They want to be on it because they know it's going to give them a longer life. Um, there were some tests done of the medicine that proved that it itself, in its living state, possessed eternal life. Because when the medicine was actually killed, it became uh, dead. You know, you could say it was dead. It was inactive. Three days later, it came back to activity, and it was just normal again. Did anyone ever try to take this TriMed to a uh, some sort of a, I don't know, a scientific organization or a research institution to actually perform, you know, sort of proper uh, scientific rigor or testing on it? We didn't have to do that because basically... Uh, people would order the medicine and then turn it over to a large pharmaceutical society or group or a company. Um, I happened to be in the center of a, a very large assortment in New Jersey of all the large pharmaceutical companies. Most of them have tried to duplicate the medicine and they cannot do it. They don't have the machinery that would be needed to assemble uh, the complex uh, the formula of the actual medicine itself. It, it's impossible for them to do it. So what are you going to do now, Nils? You can't, you can't uh, distribute uh, this medicine. As I say, you're 81. You still have the book, Seal of the End Times, which uh, I see from time to time uh, available online and uh, uh, because there aren't a lot of copies kicking around anymore. No, there aren't. No. I may have to, I don't know if I'm going to uh, try to reprint it or not, but uh, I, I rely on the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is going to take this situation and turn it around uh, and put it in complete reverse. And I have to trust Him. There's not much that I can do as a human. I can't go out and start mining for gold uh, under the streets of Somerville. I have to sit here and wait until the Holy Spirit says, Nils, you do this and everything will be okay. And when I do that, it is okay. Well, hopefully, you know, uh, people listening that uh, have heard you on the program over the years, Nils, that appreciate uh, the work that you've done, uh, if, if they don't have a copy of Seal of the End Times, and perhaps they'd like to order one, uh, because you don't advertise, you don't have a website, although there are probably a few copies uh, down at uh, Conspiracy Culture on Queen Street here in town, but they can order directly through you. You still have some copies at home, I'm guessing? We do. We have about 200 copies left, uh, and we do have actually thousands of copies of other things that go with the book. It also comes with updates, and those updates uh, bring people up to the current times of what actually is taking place uh, and also what may take place in the near future. We don't like some of the information we're getting uh, from around the world. Uh, it, it just is pointing to much shorter times uh, before we get into a major situation here in the U.S., and I don't like it, but I do believe that may be one reason why TriMed was cut off, because my emphasis now has to shift, and uh, I can't be spending time on the medicine. I have to do something else. And that would be uh, involving actually maybe moving out of this country into another place and setting up uh, perhaps um, a, a life uh, clinic where people can come and uh, 
spend the, the next few years in safety uh, as long as they help us uh, work the farm, if we have a farm there or whatever we're going to do. Okay, listen, Nils, let me make a, a, a plea to our, our, our good listeners on your behalf. Sure. Nils has um, been a, a, a real gem for this program uh, over many, many years. And now Nils is finding himself in, at the age of 81, pretty uh, a dire situation. And uh, I think what I'd like people to do, if you don't have a copy of Seal of the End Times and you're, and you're interested in biblical prophecy, this is in a very important book, as I say, about 50 years in the making, and it's available from End Times Press. You can call and order a copy at 908-725-6252, 908-725-6252. You would not only get a remarkable book, but you'd also help out a remarkable man in the process, Nils Hamron, author of Seal of the End Times, 908-725-6252. Please order it if you don't have a Thank copy. Thank you for that, Richard. That's very nice of you to say that. Uh, it will definitely help us. Uh, some some phone calls from uh, Canada can get into our uh, 800 line, but they have to use a different number. I can give you that number. That would be 908-429-1462. I'll repeat that. 908 908- 429-1462. That can be reached from any point in Canada. All right. Nils, hang in there, my friend. We'll talk soon. I appreciate uh, you having me on the uh, show, uh, Richard, and I know that you're a good friend. All right. We'll talk soon. Dan, thank you. I'm late. Got to go. Talk to you next week. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show.